Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Let's talk immigration. Today, the government of Canada announced that the country plans to welcome a record 500,000 new permanent residents in 2025 and has boosted its targets over the next two years as the country looks to ramp up arrivals to address an acute labour shortage. Canada expects to welcome 465,000 new permanent residents in 2023 and 485,000 in 2024. And as I said, 500,000, a new record by 2025. Now, Immigration Minister Sean Fraser revealed the new targets today, saying the move was necessary to ensure Canada's economic prosperity as the country struggles with a labour shortage, resulting in one million job vacancies. Look, folks, uh, it's simple to me. Canada needs more people. Canadians understand the need to continue to grow our population if we're going to meet the needs of the labour force, if we're going to rebalance a uh, worrying demographic trend, and if we're going to continue to reunite families and to do right by the world and make good in our commitments to support some of the world's most vulnerable. Uh, My view is that Canada is uniquely positioned in the world uh, to use immigration to achieve these outcomes. You know, immigration in Canada is not just something that we do, it's it's who we are, It's, it's who we've always been. Uh, With the exception of Indigenous peoples, um, every family in Canada has the opening chapter of their history, include the story of a migrant. Now, let's put this uh, in context just for a moment here. In 1984, Canada welcomed uh, fewer than 90,000 immigrants a year. Into the 1990s, uh, that moved up to about 250,000 new permanent residents in the space of over uh, eight years or so. We worked our way up to that number, but we're still struggling, as the minister says, with an acute shortage of workers, particularly in skilled trades and industries like healthcare. Take a listen. You know, Canada has experienced one of the strongest economic recoveries from the COVID-19 pandemic. We've recovered significantly more jobs than were lost during the pandemic. Our GDP levels are well in excess of pre-pandemic levels. A couple of months ago, we hit the lowest rate of unemployment in the history of Canada. Uh, Yet still, there's challenges. Life's been getting more expensive. It's driving up the cost of building projects. And it's hard to find workers. Uh, The reality is you don't need to... Uh, dig into the stats to understand that there was a a million jobs available in the Canadian economy. You need to walk down Main Street of any community in Canada. You're going to see help wanted signs in the window. This is the economic context that we're living through right now. That was uh, our Immigration Minister, Sean Fraser. Now, of course, labour shortages are further impacted by Canada's low birth rate of 1.4 children per woman, uh, one of the lowest uh, globally. Uh, And even with all this broad, generally public support for immigration, the country's ambitious immigration targets only tell half the story. Immigrants still face many difficulties once they arrive in Canada, including a housing crisis, rising food costs uh, due to inflation, and of course, an underfunded at times settlement sector as well. Joining me now to talk about 500,000 immigrants, and more importantly, uh, allowing and helping these people settle here is uh, Chris Friesen, Chief Operating Officer for Immigrant Services Society of BC. Chris, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Um, When you hear numbers like this, what goes through your mind? Well, and actually, my first, I mean, I, we all anticipated this, um, you know, not the exact number, mm-hmm. but the, all the signals were it's going up and it's going to accelerate. And so even, the, even the, from the last announcement to last year, 
the numbers for next year, for 2014, were also revised upwards. Um, but the big takeaway for me was what it doesn't tell. And, and the biggest uh, piece for me is that the plan is only focused on permanent resident targets. What it doesn't, what it doesn't share, and I think would be helpful for the public, for planners, uh, and, and, you know, for infrastructure and service demands, is the inclusion of temporary resident ranges. Because this year alone, 2022 uh, to the end of August, there were close to 600,000 temporary residents that have come to Canada. This is the international students, the temporary foreign workers, etc. So when you look, bring that together with the plan that was announced, that is a huge number that has to be on our radar screen as we're planning for the housing um, and other infrastructure needs going forward. Uh, when you the six hundred thousand number that you gave me, so uh, these are the the international students, uh, temporary, uh, I guess, foreign workers. Foreign right workers. Here. Yeah. So that is separate, obviously, from the five hundred thousand. Or do some of those people eventually become become permanent residents? Um, some of them convert their status from temporary to permanent, um, but from the higher level, they're all accessing you know, various services, infrastructure, public transit, housing, etc. So that's why I think that it would be helpful to include them into this plan to give the public a true picture of the volume of people uh, that are coming um, to Canada. And, and that, you know, the, the biggest crunch that we're seeing on the ground continuously mm-hmm. is the housing piece. No surprise to anyone. Um, But, you know, understanding this number in the context of also temporary residents, I think, uh, paints a a clearer picture on what is going to be needed going forward. Uh, In regards to those settlement services, whether they be federal, provincial, municipal, um, uh, are they uh, adequately funded at this particular point? Are you struggling, not just your organization, but broadly the immigrant settlement uh, a community that you did you do such good work in helping people settle in this country um, how are you uh, dealing with this increase year after year in regards to funding well I think you know I think that on the humanitarian side right we're dealing with two concurrent um, humanitarian issues the Afghan special initiative as well as the um, displaced Ukrainians coming to Canada so they're they're what it means is that there are, that we're having longer wait lists to get into language assessments and language classes. It, it, so it means that there are delays in finding permanent housing. Um, some of this is about, um, some of it, of course, is about uh, adequate resources to meet the needs, and, and others is about just available infrastructure and how do we collectively as society you know, build more welcoming, inclusive communities and, and try and figure out the challenge of uh, accessing uh, affordable housing. Do you have the, the resources at this moment to deal with the, the ramp up that you're seeing right now? Or are, you, or are people falling through the cracks? There's not per se people falling through the cracks. What it means in, in different parts of the country, including here in the lower mainland, there are longer wait lists. 
for newcomers to access uh, certain programming simply because of the overall demand. And and so this is, again, this is all part and parcel of what, you know, we're trying to determine, um, assess, and constantly evaluate, uh, um, uh, you know, going forward with these higher numbers. The other piece that I think, to me, another takeaway for me, so not only does, does the public, we're not, you know, clear about the number of temporary residents on top of permanent residents, mm-hmm. but I also think that, you know, the time has come for the province of BC to look at the development of its own long-term immigration plan. Um, looking at how to translate those numbers nationally to a provincial context, taking into consideration both permanent residents and and temporary residents, historic settlement patterns, again, so that we can undertake more effective long-term planning. That, to me, is what what we have to address. In many cases, most immigrants still um, uh, settle in Vancouver, although we are seeing uh, appears to be a, a trend where they are moving to smaller communities. Are you seeing that here in British Columbia as well? Absolutely. Um, absolutely. And again, this is driven by labor market and, all, you know, and housing. Um, you know, so it is, it is, we're in a bit of a crunch right now. On the one hand, as we've all heard, uh, Minister Fraser uh, announced that, you know, the one million labor market shortage, and that's, you know, very evident here in British Columbia. So on the one hand, you've got a labor market shortage. On the other hand, you know, we've got challenges around the housing stock. So how do we bring in, you know, skilled and unskilled labor market uh, uh, immigrants to help us build up our infrastructure um, in a climate of, uh, you know, housing affordability challenges? So it is a in some ways, a perfect storm, you know, um, and it's going to mean we're going to have to look at new models and approaches. Yeah, it is a very interesting. The numbers are easy to, to announce, but uh, when you get to uh, the level you're working at in regards to helping people settle, you see the real challenges that are before uh, communities here. Chris, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate my, it. My pleasure.